That's right, as advertised, it is an extra stack of stuff for the Eric Erickson Show. Why? Because there was so much stuff I couldn't get through. With the Stephen Breyer news breaking, everything uh, had to get upended. All the audio I got cut today, none of it uh, really got in there. Well, uh, we got to get into Kamala Harris because this is a big story. You know, I jokingly suggested, not really jokingly, I mean, there's a method to the madness here of why would you make Kamala Harris the Supreme Court nominee? Get her out of the way. She is a problem. Everybody behind the scenes knows she's a problem. Listen to this audio of Kamala Harris. Our plan centers on the key pillars of U.S. and global anti-trafficking efforts. Prevention, protection, prosecution, and partnerships. Today, several of our departments and agencies will make announcements regarding how we will advance this plan. And there is a clear line that runs throughout our administration's work. We are focused on the most vulnerable. And based on my experience, the most vulnerable are women and girls, racial and ethnic minorities, LGBTQI plus people, indigenous people, people with disabilities, migrants, and children in the foster care system. Yeah, that basically non-white people, they, they don't care about the, the white guys. It's just just everybody else. That's that perfectly fine. A little bit ridiculous to go through the, the list. It's almost like a liturgy you have to go through. Uh, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, we must protect the, the non-white, LGBTQ+, black, brown, Hispanic, whatever, male, non-male, female, whatever. It just becomes this liturgy, the litany of this list you have to do. And she's very good at doing that, but she's very bad at being vice president. But now Politico has this story out. She was zoomed out. Veep moles escape from VP bubble, DC bubble. That's the headline. Subheading Kamala Harris never liked the insider game or played it particularly well. Now allies concede it's hurting her. Sitting among some of the most influential black women in America last month. Vice President Kamala Harris confessed to a stifling sensation that had fallen over her while in office. She was struggling to escape the D.C. bubble, Harris confided to the group, which had gathered in person and virtually for the private audience, according to multiple attendees. Harris has grumbled at times that the customs of a town where she remains a relative newcomer, she is prone to lament the Beltway's obsession with familiarity, the routine groupthink of its thought leaders, and the intense interest in collecting scraps of palace intrigue, according to more than a dozen aides and people familiar with her conversations. She's repeatedly instructed her aides to stay focused on the work. At the same time, she's allowed that her instinct to ignore the superficial elements of politics has created more work for her team, which is forced to operate aggressively in that world. Uh Aha, you see, she's above it all. It's her team that's having to delve into the palace intrigue stuff because it's not really a thing, but because they don't care about it, it's become a thing. This, This is her way of blaming everyone else around her. This isn't good. Here's the thing. Kamala Harris is not popular and not well-liked. She wasn't well-liked when she was the Attorney General of California. She's not well-liked when she was in the Senate. She's not well-liked at the White House. And the reason is because Kamala Harris herself is drama and high maintenance, and you're not supposed to say those things. And it comes across as sexist when you say them, but you'd say them about a man too. The problem is it's not a man here, it's her. She is the vice president and she is not up to the job. She doesn't get the way this is played. She's arrogant. She doesn't want to do the show prep. She doesn't want to do the work. She doesn't want to read the briefing papers. She just wants to be vice president. So now she wants a relaunch. The problem is you can't relaunch crap. 
What do you what do you say? You you don't brand it as crap, you brand it as poop. I mean, this is this is what's going on with the vice president. I'm sure people will be horrified with me making that comparison, but she is a craptacular vice president. Do you want to re- rebrand her as a pooptacular vice president? I mean, she's not good at the job. She comes across terribly. She's never been good at this. In the Senate, her staff was a disaster. You know, so uh, Morton Blackwell, he runs the Leadership Institute in Washington, D.C., and he has a list. I've got them somewhere. I think it's on my wall at the office. And he's got a list of all these things. And one of them I say frequently, personnel is policy. And Kamala Harris rolls over staff. And when someone like Kamala Harris rolls over staff as much as Kamala Harris rolls over staff, it's not the staff anymore. It's her. She's the problem. When you blow through staffers like that, Simone Sanders and the like, blowing through those staffers, th- this is this is a bad look for Harris. And it's on her. And her awkward laughing when things come up, she's just not a competent vice president. And the problem here for her, the reality here for her, is that she herself is the problem. She herself is the one who needs help. And she's not willing to listen to the help when it's given. And because of that, she's in this mess. For her to say she wants to get outside Washington, when she got outside Washington the last time, she was laying a wreath at a memorial for John McCain that was actually a memorial celebrating his capture. And before that, she went to Central America and gave the awkward interview on MSNBC and NBC and the like. This isn't about her being trapped in Zoom calls and being trapped in palace intrigue. It's that Kamala Harris is trapped in her own IQ bubble that isn't really helping her. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Charlie put that together. It's so perfect. Okay. Now, uh, last story here in the extra stack of stuff. And I may have to get into this on the show and take y'all's calls. And I have to tread lightly on this one because it's become a thing. Bitcoin and crypto. I've got friends who are deeply into crypto. And I think we've got to be able to segment out and separate out the underlying technology and idea versus Bitcoin itself or Ethereum one of the other cryptocurrencies. Now, if you don't know what a cryptocurrency is, a cryptocurrency is a non-centralized currency based on an algorithm. And so the algorithm generates certain numbers. Those numbers become rarer and rarer the more the algorithm is generated. And those first in can accumulate uh, so-called tokens or coins uh, that then over time have a value. And they tie that value to the dollar as currency and do other currencies but a growing number of countries that use fiat currency, which is the modern world currency by and large of Western developed nations, uh, there is some countries are not allowing you to trade crypto for those currencies. So you got to trade for a different currency and then convert. I think it's El Salvador has now allowed Bitcoin to be legal currency and others are pushing back. The problem here 
is it's operating more and more like a Ponzi scheme. We don't actually know who the largest owners of Bitcoin are. There's a lot of speculation, but we don't really know. But the other thing is you can't go to McDonald's and buy with Bitcoin. Now, there's a gas station next to my office that has a Bitcoin ATM, but you're transacting through from crypto into fiat currency into the real world, and everybody ultimately loses money. you got to remember that uh, in, in estimates now to mine Bitcoin, the energy consumption is 1% of uh, global GDP, which is larger than some countries. Uh, assuming even half of that is true, the energy output to get new Bitcoin uh, makes it a loss leader for everyone. And what's it do? Some people say that it's a hedge against inflation. It's starting to drop, though. Now, why is it starting to drop? Because it's obvious interest rates are going to go up to curtail inflation. And so in anticipation of the interest rates going up, people are starting to get out of their so-called hedge against inflation. It becomes like gold, where gold value actually fluctuates based more on the perception of interest rates and inflation than on the value of gold. But there's just overall not a lot of there there. You cannot go out to your grocery store right now and use cryptocurrency to buy anything. And again, separate the cryptocurrency now from the underlying technology. The underlying technology is fascinating. The whole idea of the blockchain is fascinating. For those who don't know what the blockchain is, I'm not an expert, but in a nutshell, it is, again, algorithmically based so that you can tie people to ownership of property and other things through an algorithm that does not reside in a centralized database. So no government can force you to give up your property. No government can force you to give up your cryptocurrency because it's all algorithmically based out there on the internet uh, uh, and not controlled in a central database. So that in and of itself is a libertarian pipe dream. It, It really is. But ultimately, you know, you do have to have some government basis for the transactions. If your government prohibits you from dealing in Bitcoin, well, then you're out of luck. Now, the federal government in the United States hasn't done that. But uh, how's the exchange rate really even based? You're essentially taking fiat currency, pumping it into a cryptocurrency system, and then trying to get it back out. And every time you do that, there is a there is a level of devaluation, whether you want to recognize it or not just based on the currency and exchange rate and the like. Some people hope that Bitcoin goes up and up and up and up and they can get their money out before it crashes. But with the power consumption and everything else, I just don't see it's a sustainable system. It does look more and more like the tulip bubble. Now, I say all of this, and at the beginning I said I got to be careful how I talk about this because there is an entire social environment here of people on social media who are into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency who've decided that they know what they're doing, that they're smarter than those of us who don't understand it or admit to not understanding it. And if you follow some system, you're going to cash out. But it's kind of this bro-y culture out there on social media, and, and everybody is 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 of a certain set. A lot of it is very libertarian, anti-government, anarchist-oriented. It has all the makings of a tulip bulb craze. And yet the people who are inside of it scoff at that. They say that's not true. But again, the underlying technology to this the underlying algorithms, the underlying fundamentals, there's some legitimacy to it. But the actual cryptocurrency itself really does seem to be a tulip bulb craze. But, you know, if you go back and look at the writings during the tulip bulb craze, as people started pointing out this is not irrational, the same damn thing was happening to them too. They were getting attacked. They didn't have social media at the time, but the the, the agitators in favor of the tulip bulbs used their outlets, their letters, their press operations that they had to attack anyone who said this isn't rational. The same thing's happening now. 
This is just the 21st century version of the tulip bulb craze. The underlying fundamentals of the technology are there, just like the underlying fundamental technologies of the global supply chain during the days of the tulip bulb were there. And that was what was impressive, and people were confusing that for the actual tulip bulb, just as people are now confusing the underlying non-controlled blockchain technology for the actual cryptocurrency, and it's going to end badly. Now I've got all that off my chest. This is the extra stack of stuff. I'm going to have to do this more and more for all the stuff that just doesn't quite fit on radio in a day. You guys have a great day.